Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. And welcome to Always There, the Howard's Way podcast. I'm Julia Rayside. Thank you for joining me as I navigate through every single episode of the 1980s seafaring soap opera set in the fictional English coastal town of Tarrant. It will be a lonely voyage without you. This week, my shipmate to discuss Series 1, Episode 6, is the actor and DJ, Tom Price. Hello. Thank you for coming. Hello. Oh, I could not be happier to do this. You're probably one of the most enthusiastic reactions I've ever had to a Will You Come On My Podcast email. So basically, to give some context, right, as I'm yeah. sure everyone who does this will say, this thing has this weird place in my heart, this show. Cause it, so this is in the 80s when I was single figures, right? I was very young. Weren't we all? Well, indeed, indeed, of course we were. Mm. And like my gran used to watch it religiously. This was peak my gran. Okay. Massive South Welsh Tory that she was. She loved all of so this. So we're in Wales. We're in Wales. We're watching Howard's Way in Wales. We're watching okay. Howard's Way in Wales and that theme tune was Sunday night, right? Yeah. That was nearly bedtime theme uh, tune. Absolutely. You'd hear that and I was obsessed with it as a kid and I this opportunity to review it and watch it again was, it was amazing that I could do this. Yesterday evening, I'm at home and my wife was like, what do you mean you need to work? And I was like, I need to go to my office <laughs> and I need to watch Howard's Way. And it was Sunday night. And it was Sunday night. Exactly. So you got to kids, travel back in time. Then there were my kids downstairs getting ready for bed oh. and I'm being the grown up now. So this is a really poignant moment. But also, the thing I love about this is Jan off of Howard's Way. Yeah. We went out for a big dinner about five years ago. <gasps> Everyone has a story. I love this. Well, this, is the, this is the worst one. I guarantee you this is the most rubbish story. <laughs> so we go out for this dinner, and it was with a couple of comic friends of mine, Andy Osho, James Redmond, whatever. We all lived in an Edinburgh flat together. Yeah. And we went out for a little post-Edinburgh dinner, and <laughs> we went to Joanna's, I think it was. We were walking towards the table. I was like, oh, my God, there's Jan. <gasps> Oh shit, guys, 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 don't look, no, don't look, don't look, no. It's Jan from Howard's Way. No, right? no. Yeah, and they're all uh, like, looking at me like, who, who is that? What? what are you talking about? Why are you so excited? Why are you friends with them? The worst thing about it all, of course, the ultimate tragedy of all this, it wasn't Jan. It wasn't no, her. It was just a woman who looked a bit like oh, Jan. Oh, God. So my oh, wife sorry. still mocks me with that to this day. Whenever I think I've seen someone famous, she goes, oh, Jan, is it Jan? So Jan is like, that, the, is it Jan is like a catchphrase in our house. Is it Jan? No. But one day it might be. Please. It's like it's like the opposite of the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. No, or is it, well, it doesn't really. The, the grown up who cried Jan. <laughs> well, I've heard some sightings, recent sightings. What's she doing? Though? Well, she's definitely on Twitter. Oh wow! Not that I'm stalking her obsessively or anything, but she is on Twitter. Yeah. And um, and the other day, someone who knows I'm making this podcast was at a theatre, the Bridge Theatre. They're doing Julius Caesar at the moment, you know, with Ben Whishaw. Right. Brilliant production, apparently. But all they could talk about afterwards was that they were in the foyer. Yeah. And they saw Jan. <gasps> 
and then did that kind of cartoon eye rub thing and she was with Stephen Yardley who played Ken because they are a married couple no. oh. <laughs> Tom, Tom just rolled his chair back like he can't like he can't even breathe I'm just going to be sick out the window that's Jan and Ken are married in real life imagine if you saw them together and you didn't you weren't prepared for that now I've that, slightly ruined the surprise if you do ever see them together that would be but. like seeing Angie and Den in real life together G- genuinely that's that big. Yeah. these were huge figures from my childhood I know yeah no it goes into that particular part of your brain when you're little yeah. I, I all but started sucking my thumb when I started watching these yes. again it was a little bit primal going back there but anyway we are here to discuss episode 6 of the first series so this is still pretty early days yeah. did you go into it remembering much or just the general air of saltiness and fashion and I mean am I going to be wood? the first person to say I kind of only really remember the theme tune and Jan no those not were at the all. main things I remembered the, but the Harry's Ray theme tune has stayed with me so much like it, yeah. I'm one of those people who always sings to myself like when I get anxious I'm always humming and da, 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 is right in there yeah. as an early imprint on myself so I totally remember the theme tune I remember bits of it I'll be honest having watched episode 6 I remembered more boats ah. in episode 6 it, you know now with my uh, inside knowledge of the of the TV industry I'm aware <laughs> that obviously filming on a boat is expensive bloody difficult as well That's abundantly apparent yeah. you're tuning in for boat porn <laughs> and you just get the odd little nipple and that's really what you get for the whole it's such a it's a boat tease this whole thing it's true the scenes in the boatyard you get them in the background but you don't get to go sailing that much but in later episodes you do the, the character who sails most of course is Lynn yeah. and she ends up being a racing yachtswoman so you get ton you get cow's wheat you get loads of those wow. then but which one's Lynn again you have to wait so Lynn Howard Tom Howard's daughter oh her Tracy right. Childs yeah, yes. yeah, yeah the blonde one she only likes boats she doesn't like people she likes sailing and she didn't like what's his name Buffy uh, the guy from Buffy oh no 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 didn't like him at all didn't like him at all he's a wang he was horrible yeah he's like really doesn't get to play a nice character in this at all does he recur then is he in it for like ever or no when no does... he's in it for the first series for a few episodes okay just for the purposes of well I, I can't reveal spoilers we're doing this episode by sorry, episode sorry. but he does turn up again and it is interesting we join this episode now it was slightly dark I, I don't know if you could even tell what was going on but um, Abby is a very, very miserable character. Do you remember her? So no, her mum and dad were Gerald and Polly Urquhart, the red-headed yeah. lady. Silla Black. Silla <laughs> Black, exactly. And Gerald, who you barely see in these early episodes. Half when he's doing business. He has a, <laughs> yes. he has a good business scene later on. Let's do some... Bi- I mean, this is not a good advert. <laughs> business, business, business. For gender politics in the 80s. The women are there to wear skirts and worry about the men, well, while the men are there to do business. But business, Jan business. is also, as the series goes on, she becomes business too. That's very true. But you have to yeah. Yes, you start with very clear gender divide uh, at the beginning of the series. Abby's run away from home, and just before she goes, um, her friend Leo, uh, she feels like she owes him an explanation. So she leaves him a note at the petrol station where he works, which is run by Boise, incidentally. Quite exciting. Really? Yeah, you only see him in about two episodes, but it's his petrol station. Um, Early Boise? Yeah, it's owned by Ken Masters, managed by Boise, out of office. That was one of my... Bulls and horses. That's incredible. That was one of my favourite, most uh, anachronistic moments when I thought, yeah, this is definitely the past, when uh, during this episode, the petrol station... Closes. Yes, like, it actually closes. No, 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 that doesn't happen anymore. No. They don't close. No. So Abby runs away, and just before she does, before she hitchhikes, we have to talk about the hitchhiking scene. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, she leaves a note for Leo. She scrawls Leo in quite sort of odd handwriting on the front of the envelope. Mm. We come to find out later the envelope, literally just inside it, just is a piece of paper saying goodbye. <laughs> why? <laughs> don't know why she bothers. <laughs> Save that for inside. And the winner is 
Anything else? Just say goodbye. Right, it's is... kind of rubbish. But she then she stands by the side of the road in the dead of night with a backpack and a big bag full of whatever it is and sticks out her thumb, hitchhiking. I mean, from the 90s onwards, that yeah. is like, right, here begins an awful plotline. I know. But it's Howard's way, guys. <laughs> it's Howard's way. And a lovely man with a quite a thick accent of some sort. He's terribly northern. Hello! How can I help you? I'm delivering bread, probably. Although it's in the truck on the side says BRS truck rental. Right. And in my head, that would be like, so it's not even your truck, so you no. just hired it to pick people up and murder them. But no, no. But you know what that is? It's because the, the production company have used that company to hire a truck for yeah. their show Howard's Way. I know, exactly. But then he, so she's turned down by a couple of cars and then he opens his door, this truck driver, says, come on, in a lovely northern welcoming Ooh. way, welcomes her up. And then as she's closing the door, says... You don't mind cats, dear. That is so weird. What? No, but that is Howard's way, isn't it? To a T, because that's the moment when the threat is extinguished. Yeah. You know, there's, there's peril. You're there's right. always light peril. Mm. I've got a cat, so you're probably <laughs> so fine. So I'm harmless. Well, unless it's a cat to eat the body. And he doesn't say cat, Tom. He says cats. <laughs> cats. It does sound like they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that. There's probably one in the glove box. There'll be one under your chair. This one drives the truck. <laughs> That's why I've had to rent, because I've, I've written off all the others. <laughs> it must smell so good in that oh, camera. <laughs> anyway, so Abby, midnight flit, she's gone. And then we switch to a scene between Kate and Jack. So Kate is Dulcie Gray, mother-in-law of Tom Howard. Mm-hmm. Just filling in the blanks here for you. And then Jack... I could have done with this before I watched oh, it. Oh, I know. But in a way, it's funnier to go in sort of blind and then mm-hmm. try and grope your way through. Yeah. But they're pretty good at exposition in Howard's way. So even if you don't quite know what's happening at the start of an episode, you've kind of caught up by the end. Yeah. So Kate is talking to Jack. Did you remember Jack? Jack. Jack is one of the ones I remembered. Yeah. Jack Rolf. So yeah. he has a terrible drinking problem mm-hmm. and she's basically found him stumbling along the road drunk in the middle of the night after yeah. having crashed his car. I mean, he's Toast of London as well, isn't he? That surely oh, Toast of yes. London is built on this. I think so. Like several, several of the men yeah. who say, damn. Yeah, I've got um, a sports jacket on and I'm going to do business. <laughs> and they always drink their scotch out of Paris goblets, which I think looks <laughs> hilariously dainty. Great detail. It's good. Yeah. It transpires during this conversation. The two old timers have been having a lovely time talking and not drinking she's trying to get him off booze because he's clearly a drunk and she is a sucker for a sob story and she wants to help him out mm. uh, it turns out the guy that he's been moaning about his business partner is, is her son-in-law exactly right so she kind of, yeah she fesses up and, and we don't see sort of his reaction to that and then Leo finally realises that Abby has gone yeah. and he goes round to her mum and dad's house to knock for her and Polly oh that's when Silla Black comes out then yes they're very nice house yeah some lovely houses everyone lives in big fucking houses in Howard's oh, way but it shows you we haven't moved on have we as a nation in terms no. of what we go to you mid summer murders you're yeah. Downton Abbey this is all we want we yeah. want to look at nice houses yeah. and then go to bed <laughs> early yes having not done our homework and feeling exactly. slightly bad about that so he doesn't get a straight answer out of Polly she's kind of evasive she's obsessed with the outward appearance of what her family looks like to other people mm. uh, particularly her marriage because her marriage it turns out is not all it seems on the surface mm. and does that happen in this episode the marriage not being all it seems on the surface well, I can't remember no I don't think it does because that's that's you know what's bloody happening here I oh, turned up on. thinking oh how you know I was going to say oh it's all a bit nonsense right yeah and then I watched it and I was like oh I quite like it and yeah. now you're seeding things that make me think I might need to watch the next episode you will need to watch more I genuinely think I might I found it incredibly I'm like some kind of dealer <laughs> you are the first episode is free my friend <laughs> but after that <laughs> my god you're Amazon <laughs> so Polly is evasive but says she's gone to stay with friends 
yeah. but she doesn't actually acknowledge that uh, she's been so vile to her in a previous episode that her daughter's basically just gone I'm leaving I'd rather live in a squat than with you you yeah. mad haired old bitch working for the social <laughs> services yes. is better than living with you that's how bad it is <laughs> which is so bleak it's so, so bleak, bleak. Uh, back at the mermaid boatyard Avril is answering the phone and Tom is drawing a boat I think this might be the first time we've actually seen him designing a boat Tom's making a boat he's doing, he's doing a very nice I always like this because there's always a character called Tom speaking as a Tom myself oh yeah who is quite big and just quite nice doesn't really have many characteristics isn't really of much interest are you but now quite nice. pitching yourself for the remake I really am because I can see it but in real life in the same way that the actor who plays Jan is actually called Jan in real life yeah. as a Tom I should always play a Tom I he's agree. always a bit sort of Tom oh hello yes I'm a little bit life's, I'm a bit passive and I'll sit in the corner and doodle and that's what he's doing isn't it you could be both like a knitwear model and someone's friendly dad. I mean, you're wearing the a lovely cardigan this morning. Yeah, with my badge. With yeah, my always their badge. By the way, on. yes, yeah, you can get a badge if you like. Uh, find us on Twitter at, at always their pod, and I will send you a badge. They're simply the biggest fashion item of the summer. The first um, one's free, then you have to stop paying. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyway, Avril on the phone. She's told, presumably by Kate, that her missing dad. She was worried about her dad. Her dad went missing on a booze bender, as he always does. Mm. Ended up on uh, on Kate's sofa. Uh, she's decided she has to go and pick him up. But there's my my favourite bit in this episode happens just after this phone conversation so she tells Tom she's got to go and pick up her dad she picks up her shoulder bag puts it on her shoulder then she gets her sunglasses I think out of a pocket and then she kind of fumbles it and sort of slightly fucks up putting them on (laughs) and then it cuts to the exterior shot which is obviously filmed on film she shouts back in (laughs) and he's clearly not there he's in a set somewhere on Elstree (laughs) no 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 it's even better than that so she does that in Birmingham and then she comes out onto the south coast and puts her sunglasses on is that across his pebble mill wasn't it Yes. It's one of my favourite bits of the whole thing. Only because with that, because I obviously didn't know where it was filmed then. I, as far as I was concerned, it was real or yeah. as good as. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't sort of examining it for you know changes in the film stock or. I've done things like that now in real life as, an, really? as an actor. Yeah, tell we me, tell me. Well, Torchwood series four, three. Oh yes, no, no, so Tom was four. a policeman in Torchwood. I played a policeman, and you were the policeman. I in Torchwood series four. Torchwood series four. We did it in uh, America and Cardiff, so we did exterior oh, scenes in God. Cardiff. And then you'd literally go, right, come on, let's go, in, let's go in the hospital now, see what's going on. And then I would get on a plane and fly to Los Angeles and we'd film all the interiors in Los Angeles. Why? So you can take your pebble mill to the <laughs> South Coast, quite frankly. Jesus. But those moments, I find them hilarious when an actor is in a scene going, oh, one sec. And then when she turns around and shouts back in the door, it's like... That is not. That is happening weeks later. Weeks or later. Or before, you just can't tell. No. Because obviously they'd do it in a block, wouldn't they? Because in, in old TV shows, there's a very defined def- difference between the grade, the stock of film used inside and outside. The wash, the, the colour. Is remember. it still like that? Because I don't think I noticed that anymore. The, yeah, the, the stuff which we filmed in LA looks different. It had a different oh, texture to it. Yeah. Um. But I mean, now, because when we filmed that, that was like, what, seven or eight years ago. Yeah. But now on our phones, you just do that with a filter and you yeah, get exactly the same effect so. instantly. But yeah, it does have a slightly clever. different wash, yeah. Anyway, so she's left Birmingham, gone to the South Coast and is off to find her dad. And then then we cut to, oh God, a horrible scene between Ken Masters. You must have remembered Ken Masters a bit. Ken is... No, I didn't remember Ken. Didn't you remember him? Oh God. Well, because you'd remember him if you thought he was horrible. Yeah. But as a kid growing up in the 80s, I was like, all men are like Ken. (laughs) Certainly with my awful Tory family everywhere. Everyone was doing business. That's what happened. Oh God. Vile. But he's particularly vile in this scene. Uh, There there aren't many more scenes with poor Dawn. 
His girlfriend is not called Dawn. She's called Poor Dawn. Poor Dawn, that's her official uh, full yeah, name. Played yeah, played by Sally Farmelow, who just gets a... Ter- I mean, she does a very good job, but she gets a terrible deal in this show. Yeah. So Ken is rowing with her again. He's basically told her to go away. I mean, because also... Because he's kind of bored with her. I've got to be honest with you, Julia. I know you love this show, <laughs> but this is some of the worst writing I've ever seen. You just know that the overarching thing here is, right, Ken needs to get annoyed with her. And they're sort of talking and suddenly he goes, I'll just fuck off. Would you just do one? He, you can see script-wise, he just suddenly decides, no, no just get out of my now, I have to just, to mitigate that, yeah. the episode before, Ken goes worse. for an intimate, supposedly business dinner with Jan, okay. and Dawn is really jealous of Jan. Jan is everything. She's not, she's classy, yeah. she's sophisticated. Mm. And, and There's a class thing happening here, isn't there? Oh, there's the, the chip on Ken's shoulder is like yeah. a major character in Howard's yeah. Way. It's amazing. Um, he's arguing with Dawn because she's, the night before understandably got the real arse with him because he was out for like seven hours he left her and this is in the script he left her at home watching porn for seven hours yeah for serious really uh, on VHS presumably then as well not even streaming it said you could watch those those videos I bought you and she's like it's not much fun watching blue movies on your own Uh, that's so so gross that's what she's been doing for seven hours understandably she's really pissed off when he comes back so this is a continuation of last night's argument if you were following the show from the previous episode you wouldn't have perhaps found it quite so clunky that's all I'm saying anyway they always have some really 80s phrases these two when they're when they're exchanging insults I like uh, in particular his if you think you can promote yourself to the common law wife Lee you've got another thing coming so um, and he's always much more common when he talks to Dawn yeah he allows yeah. it, it for Dawn yeah, but then yeah, when he's yeah. speaking to Jan well hello Jan <laughs> Yes. I'm Ken. I don't have much hair, but what I <laughs> what I lack in hair, I make up for in manliness well, elsewhere. Well, clearly it worked for Jan. He very, he's a very virile man, clearly, Ken. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a businessman. He's doing business. He is. But the, the argument is pretty savage between these two. Um, mm. and then she he, chucks her out. He doesn't do one. Absolutely. And he's going to pay for a hotel. Yeah, literally just doesn't want to look at her face anymore no. and will pay not to see it ever again. Yeah. Uh, but he does. There's, one, there's always one nasty moment in their arguments where he kind of is a bit physically unpleasant. He grabs her face. Yeah. As if like, listen to me, mm. um, which is... He's, he's not a very nice person. I've just written in red bastard. Yeah, he's a bastard. I've got um, Ken is a bad man. <laughs> Genuinely, that's what I've got in my notes. But then it's mitigated by the fact that seconds later we see our first boat of the show. Eight minutes 40 in, there's it's your always, first boat. It's all you've we've, we've teased for. you with some characters and some nonsense dialogue. Finally, here's a boat on some water. Phew, but so, not for long. It's like three seconds, then we're moving on. Yeah, but then you do very swiftly after that, you see, very briefly, you see Avril picking up Jack from Kate's house. Mm-hmm. And Kate says, Oh, try and stay off the booze and, you know she's very encouraging yeah. and they drive off in Avril's white VW Golf I think it might even have a soft top it's the most 80s car I've ever seen great use is that Golf is a complete 80s car but also great use of the Howard's Way theme tune in that bit yeah. she's saying go on go on Jack you can do it you can give up drinking under which we hear da, 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 yeah. da, and we're like yeah. Yeah, he's going to give up drinking <laughs> no three scenes later he's not he's not going to give up the intention drinking. was there for those few seconds um, and then yes the boatyard scene which inevitably always features poor Bill so Bill is the older guy who works at the boatyard he's been there for 30 years Years. He's Jack's best friend. Part to get in and way, he's only ever up a ladder. Like, literally, he's just on a ladder. Yeah, you can imagine getting into work as Bill, as the actor that plays Bill. Any, any arcs for me today? Any, um, yeah, put the, put the kit on and get up a ladder. Fine, all right. Yeah, amazing. Pick up a hammock, sure. I'll, I'll just do that. Yeah, it's cool, so cruel, cool. isn't it? I think, yeah. I mean, he just probably just comes on, doesn't say anything, goes, I know, and just goes up the ladder <laughs> and waits. Don't, don't even tell me anymore. Yeah. Jack and Bill are very much at odds with Tom, the new partner in the boatyard, yeah. the, the titular Howard. Nice Tom. Um, yeah, nice Tom in his. In his knitwear. I'm sure he does wear knitwear. If knitwear, he does 
and I, I, I see it on him even when he's not wearing it. Yeah. That's, the, that's the kind of At guy night. he is. <laughs> Full <laughs> body pajamas <laughs> in knitwear. That's what he does. Yeah. You, oh, yes, a bit sweaty though. Anyway, so Tom has a bit of a word with Bill about uh, some repair contract or other. The boatyard doesn't really seem to do anything at the moment. They're just kind of biding their time up ladders until mm. some work comes in. Mm. And he has a bit of a row with Bill, who only wants to deal with Jack, obviously, his real boss. So there's a bit of a to-do there. And then we see Lynn. Oh, poor Lynn. Poor Tracy Childs. Only ever in the smallest clothes. Yeah. When bigger ones would do, they'll find her smaller ones. Yeah. And she's in the yacht club cleaning tables mm-hmm. in like a little tiny romper suit. Yes. Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> and enter the gold blend man. There you go. And then the gold blend man arrives. And as, yeah. as I've got in block caps on my notes, oh, look, it's what's his name off of Buffy. See, now it, it depends on your generation who yeah. you see him as first. To me, always gold blend. What is his Christian name? Thingy Head. Anthony Head. Anthony Head. There you Anthony, go. Tony. Tony, Anthony, Head Tony Head. Yeah. Rocks up playing an awesome baddie. He's very good. And it's a shame they didn't sort of expand his role, but he's so horrible. He's very rapey. Anything, he's just the rapiest. It's just like, get on my boat, <laughs> have a practice on my boat. And then the next bit is, come on my boat, just the two of us. I know. And she's, she goes with it. Like, she's, she, I mean, she's a bit naive at she's best. She's a bit naive. Anyway, he invites her sailing, kind of goes, and yeah. waggles his eyebrows. Full Rick Mayer. <laughs> also, what I really enjoyed about the boat trip, both of the boat trips, is the clash between 80s bouffant hairdos yep. and the elements. Oh. You've, got, you've got, it's just a wonderful thing. Just Here amazing. we go, we're going to go out on a boat. This whole show is built around boats and having a massive weave. Yeah. And they go out there and the wind just knocks them from side to side. They can actually use that hair as a sail, right? <laughs> Anthony Head's sitting there trying to do this pervy face and his <laughs> hair is just flapping around on top of his head like a flag. It's brilliant. The one thing you do if you were smart in the 80s is you'd see this show coming a mile off if you were like representing a hairspray brand yeah, and yeah, just you know, totally. that place when there's shit out totally. of it. BBC or not you'd just do it. Um, anyway so then we move to Ken's office and Jan p- women in offices don't often get to do much actual business. They get to pull the lever on an adding machine, yeah. make that lovely noise. So she's on the adding machine because that's her job, counting. And um, <laughs> Something we can trust her with. Yeah, give her counting. That'll be all right. And she says something to Ken about, we're going to have to do an awful lot better if we're going to make a big splash, but she doesn't really say more. Quite a good Jan impression. <laughs> Thank you. Is that Jan? Yeah. She is incredibly well-spoken. She is. Beautifully well-spoken. She went to, I believe, Benenden. Oh, they mentioned the school sense. where she schooled. It's very deliberately set up that Ken has the horn for her anyway, obviously, uh-huh. but but even more so because he's a bit of rough and she's yeah. hoity-toity. And he and he beast, likes yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, because he's, uh, I think he informs her about the trouble he's been having at home with his, what does he call her? His bed mate or something, uh, his bed fellow. I can't remember. Yeah. I think I tuned out by that stage, but sure. We'll anyway, go with that. And, something and, gross, probably. <laughs> and she says, my second favourite line of the uh, of this episode, you really are the ultimate MCP, aren't you? Oh, yeah, what does that stand for, MCP? <laughs> Male chauvinist P. Male chauvinist Pig. Where oh were you in God. the 80s? I was a child. I was a child chauvinist pig. I was a CCP. Of course. Yes, I did. That did pass me by. I was like, what is MCP? No, I can't bother. I'm just going to keep watching it. I'm not yeah. going to stop on Google. You if I stop invested. on Google, I'll be here all day. I know, exactly. You were too invested in yeah. what a great show it is. And then she uh, says, it doesn't really need saying, but she's right. She says, I don't think you like women at all. You just want to score. <laughs> Nice. Yes. That's another thing I haven't well had someone spotted, say for Jan, a long time. Well Score. But she, uh, it was quite. It's interesting that she went and had the date with Ken in front of Tom. Was he not bothered by this? Yes, he was. So it comes so back later on. It was one. Well, no, actually, oh god, you know, I really strongly advise you watch the episode we've just done before this one because right. 
it's I mean God the unspoken sexual desires all over the place and also right. Jan dresses in this 1920s headband and flapper dress goes to this very posh restaurant with Ken they end up well I don't even want to spoil it for you but they end up doing the tango oh wow and then she which comes home which is basically full intercourse in the 80s yeah, yeah yeah and then she comes home puts on a sexy nighty and shags her husband and then really? says oh it's not that I was thinking of Ken or anything oh <laughs> protesting way too much yeah. we didn't just burn don't, him don't say that yeah. actually say this it. whole thing is quite League of Gentlemen I was thinking <laughs> it is like a posh League of Gentlemen I'm just going to put that out there I think Taron is a bit like it does, there's no roads in there's no roads out <laughs> yeah, exactly just, exactly yeah. that train station doesn't actually go anywhere no this is a local boatyard uh, and then she uh, offers him a Jaffa cake which I thought oh, was right. very nice is that a code for something <laughs> possibly cake? yeah they have they, they drink a lot of instant coffee in their office and they do eat Jaffa cakes on special occasions mm. and Ken mentions that he's going to have a business meeting with Gerald Urquhart oh yeah about his property indeed yeah, yeah. so Ken becomes a focus for uh, Charles Freer the biggest and poshest businessman in town right. uh, Gerald's his sidekick and Ken is only of interest to Charles because he owns this very nice site on the river estuary okay. and they want to build a marina and he's locked out by having that isn't he because they want to build it around there exactly so he so kind of stands in their on. way with the writers on amphetamines <laughs> because you do watch it oh, hang on no what oh. is he trying to build a build oh he's just crashed his golf and he's killed a Labrador <laughs> oh my god Jack's killed a Labrador oh no wait wait Jan is furious about something it's just relentless it's like a Dickens novel it's just so dense yeah, and, yeah but each scene it. is very very short as well it's a load of very short scenes it's it very is punchy. it's got the kind of propulsion of a soap yes but they, I think it's slightly better thought out than a soap in that the characters lives are I'd go back and watch the early episodes genuinely I get quite serious now yeah you really are because it really surprised me how well worked out all the characters are mm. even Bill who you write doesn't get any more plot after this in the early episodes he's saying well you know you ended up marrying I can't remember what Jack's wife's called Jack's wife's dad owned the boatyard and Jack just wanted in on the boatyard okay. so he married her having, despite not loving her at all Right. but before that Bill was going out with this woman so yeah, it's kind of I they, have they, no idea what you're talking about doesn't matter which one is Bill <laughs> the one up the ladder oh Bill up the ladder <laughs> I forgot about because he's up a ladder yeah, you we're see. trained to forget about Bill I know you don't look up you see it's really he's, he's always up there up. just look and you'll find he's him still there now <laughs> closed boatyard Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
so Ken is going to meet Gerald and Charles Freer, it turns out, for this yeah. important business meeting, which I think is making him feel like he's cock of the walk. Yeah. Even though he doesn't, he, he probably slightly acknowledges why they're interested in him. But he's, you know, nevertheless, he's a bit pumped up by that. And then we cut back very, you're right, the scenes are very short in this episode. Really but short, Avril yeah. and Jack are in her 1980s soft top polo talking about his alcoholism, but not yes. very long. And then Leo is back at the garage, Boise's garage. He's talking to someone on the phone and uh, reveals that the note that Abby sent literally just says goodbye. Yeah. Pointless point. Very poor bit of plotting there. You could have done some more in there. You could have teased us a bit. Or just, I'm sorry, but I had to go. Yeah, yeah, it had to happen like this. There's something I can never tell you. Say goodbye to Bill. Something like that. Um, Can I also just say, in terms of boat watch at this Mm. point, still no more boats. I know. FYI, no more boats. So so much has happened. I'm going to have to get you back for another episode because there's a whole episode dedicated like the Fastnet race where Lynn's doing the Fastnet. They obviously opened up the budgets later on in the series as it grew. I'm afraid People like my grandmother watched it religiously. Well, there was quite a lot of money knocking around in Howard's Way, believe it or most of it on Jan's dresses I think though. she wore a lot of designer clothes anyway Lynn then drops into Leo's work uh, at the garage and, oh, yeah. and just to tell him she's off sailing with Phil Norton so Avril then arrives at Leo's petrol station kind of all the action centred around the petrol station just for a bit because I'm guessing they had the location mm, why not use it yeah. <laughs> whole and, and he's obviously he's the pump attendant she hands the keys to him and he gives oh, her oh that was quite a nice bit of plotting then that yeah. whole junction like a crossroads of plots yeah. I, lo- I enjoyed that yeah 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 but I did think Jack was going to smoke one of his cigarettes near the petrol I was a genuine concern. You're always waiting for disaster. Yeah, I am. That's because I'm so trained by the box set generation. I know, I know. Where's exactly. the explosion? Why do you think... So you've hit on Two things. Where's thing the there. explosion? Where's the black person? I know. That's all I want to know. I know. Where's the incident tape? Where's the diversity? Yeah. Neither of those things will you find much of here. But no, that's why I really like Howard's Way. Not because there's no diversity. I'm not a racist. <laughs> but because it's just... I just... I'm so sick of everything starting with a dead body. Yeah, I know. I just want a, some domestic to woman. and fro. I know. Yeah. Even soap operas now, there's just explosions planes land on villages people are murdered and raped it's like oh god can we just have some chit chat about stuff I I find find it it very soothing I find it very yeah very soothing and very meditative in a way you just kind of you sink into it in a way that not many shows do anymore even something even a show which is you know an ancestor of this show like your Downton Abbey's or your um, Durrells or something like that even those great shows they're still trying to to keep you in they're so aggressive I know this is so polite and BBC this show it is it's plotting yeah no it's, it's, it's a sadness for me about all modern drama there's always some kind of stunt element because Mm. they don't trust us to keep watching every week because, you know, there's a lot of competition out there now. Anyway... Lynn finally gets to climb aboard the Mickey Mouse. Yes, so there's some great boat acting at this point. So you do get a boat. You get people, but the boat acting is going on. You can tell someone said, right, what you, need, you know how Bill goes up a ladder, yeah? <laughs> what you need to do is get this rope and just tie around the thing. <laughs> and so you can see someone just properly like, yeah, is this the right thing? But they said, so right? I got a Howard's Way book recently. There's a book. Of course book. you did, of course you did. Um, Gerard D- Glaster. Had you written it? But if, if someone hadn't, I would be doing that now. Yes. Sadly, someone beat me to it. But Gerard Glaster, the series producer, and somebody else wrote this book about sort of behind the scenes and the boats were very crowded during sailing scenes because obviously they had the film crew mm. and then they had the, the actors who were crewing the boat in quotation marks and then they had the real people who were, who were also sailing the boat yes. so it was a very sort of crowded vessel so what but, they all do go downstairs or something no, I'm not going to like, drive it from underneath yeah, no no I'm genuinely like when they're floating out at sea do they go right we'll just let it float for a bit you guys yeah. all naff off downstairs we'll do some of the acting well no so the actors some of the actors got really into sailing actually and Lynn oh, yeah. was one of them Tracy Childs did Maurice Colburn who played Tom did so they they actually did learn to sail yes. and there was a sailing consultant who'd always be there to kind of make always be there <laughs> so there you go but he would constantly be on hand to advise on techniques right. they were all either really sailing or doing a very good impression of sailing so you may mock their technique I Tom. 
not. But until you can sail a freaking boat. I cannot do it. Cannot do it. Absolutely hopeless. Ever been sailing? Ever been on a boat? I have been on. Can you tell I'm thinking? I'm doing that thing where I talk slowly. Yeah, he has Wander into some thoughts in my head. The only boats I've been on are the. um, I used to go on holiday to Lake Geneva every summer. And they they have like the big old paddle boat things, the steamers. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. That would go across Lake Geneva. Yeah. And they have a driver on those boats. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Or like on a ferry. You just sit on there. Yeah. So actually, it's very easy. I've only ever really been on it like a canoe or the Isle of Wight ferry. Oh, yeah. See, they're they're ferries. My dad was a sailing instructor, but like before I I was born, so I never. I know why you like this. Well, obviously. No, this is, you know. Hello. I don't want to be Mr. Freud here. This now makes a lot oh, more we've, sense. We've already established this is fine, yeah, fine. absolutely plugging into something quite uh, quite far back in my childhood. <laughs> so Lynn is on the Mickey Mouse, which is a terrible name for a boat, but I'm assuming it's just what the boat was called and the one they could borrow that day. Yeah. Um, that's Phil Norton's boat. Um, it seems unlikely someone so macho would call his boat the Mickey Mouse, but there you go. You never know. Whenever Lynn goes sailing, the theme tune always kicks back in. Mm. So when there's an episode where there's a lot of sailing, that earworm of the... I mean, I love the theme tune anyway, it's but it's like I just tune. sing it all day and my, my son is... <laughs> like near to killing me now because <laughs> I, I, I hum to myself too and he it's just it's a real hum it to yourself song mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's really bad I've done it for years and years and years well I'm so glad so yeah this is a, this was meant to be there are worse things to get stuck in your head <laughs> anyway uh, back at the yard I think Bill who might not be on a ladder for this one scene uh, tells Jack that Tom's been muscling in and doing the estimates when it's not his job and all this kind of stuff grasses up Tom yeah Jack's Jack kicks really off cross. because it's the wrong estimate isn't it because it's an old boat so they should have charged more exactly Jack's like, oh, I've just turned up from a stinking hangover. My car's in a ditch and I can still run this boatyard better than you, Mr. Scribble in the corner boy that you're, puts you're, his cigar out on his face. That's what I want. You're even doing that, the shoulder acting he, he does. does he, he, yeah. he, the, the cigar's about shoulder height, bent up in one hand, and then the shoulders yeah. are going up and down yeah. as he's like re-establishing himself as the king at the fucking he, yard. He's ridiculous. Yeah, he's amazing. And then Leo goes to pick up Jack's car because obviously he also drives a pickup truck and Avril's asked him to go and pick up Jack's uh, car. Then we get the police guy the guy on the police bike yeah weird yeah weird. I mean again that is a bit League of Gentlemen the, yes. lo- the local policeman yeah, yes what's going on here sir? He, he all but says hello 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 at the beginning of this interaction <laughs> if, now you've played a policeman on TV are there things you should avoid like bending your knees uh, yes you should avoid bending your knees exactly right and saying hello 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 or in Welsh as it was a Welsh character higher 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 oh, is that say that. a thing higher as Welsh as higher I got a bit of training early on with it with doing PC Andy which yeah. is I'd like to say he's just grabbed his collar now. Yeah, so that's what you do when you've got your um, stab vest thing on. Yeah. Policemen will often put their hands up and hold onto their collar. That's what oh. they do. So you'll see that in a lot of my torture scenes. When they, oh. when they do the torture podcast, as they surely shall. Oh, yes. Um, I'll be able to tell them about that. That's what you'd be told to do. That's how you stand with oh. your hands and your collars. And then there were a few fight scenes that I did. And I was told how a policeman approaches a fight scene. Yeah. Um, Presumably which, just with your elbows because you're holding onto your collar. Yeah, elbows up. <laughs> screaming. And um, yeah, the fight scenes were horrific. I got really badly injured. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. We've got to add a proper fight instructor saying right what it is now they're having a little bit of a barney there they're all trained actors you're going to be absolutely fine just charge in there they know who you are they're going to be ready they're not going to hit you got smacked in the face like nine times oh no and obviously I'm a massive wuss yeah I've got the softest hands in the world I mean this is um, slight callus around the enter key on her keyboard that's about it Um, they hit you yeah I was like ah guys this is ah and they were like yeah we're going to use that it's amazing (laughs) thanks guys surely insurance wise like indemnity forms don't they are they allowed to hit you no especially when they do that 
seen as the last scene you ever do. Oh, those shits. It's like break we can, him. Yeah, you can break him now. Break it's fine. We finished with him. Our disposable wow. policeman. Total bastards. Um, so Leo talks to the cop at the accident scene, basically tells them where to find Jack so they can go and arrest him. Yeah. Obviously, it's too late to breathalyse him, but I'm sure they'll charge him with something. To be honest with Jack, I don't think it is too late to breathalyse him. <laughs> you know what, I it's think not, he's is it? still tanked up, man. <laughs> it's never too late. Yeah. Then we cut Southampton. Now, all of Abby's scenes, she's, she's run away to Southampton. Uh, she finds, suspiciously quickly, she finds like a horrible bedsit. Not only does she get a terrifying looking bedsit, but she also just goes to social services and says, I want a job. I would like to work here. <laughs> and social services says, yes, if you've got an independent income and we don't have to pay you. I know, what? This is Pete Thatcher. This whole thing's It's really, big really society strange. version one. Also, what I loved about the set for, uh, you know, every other set and every other bit of clothing you watch and go, wow, yeah. it's really dated. And then you see the social services office and you're like, yeah, that's exactly what it's still like I now. know. It looks identical now. That kind of office is identical now. Yeah, sad but true. Whenever Abby is having one of her sad conversations with it, just any conversation she has is sad, mm. uh, whether it be with the abortion doctor really or all the social God. services woman. She longs to be Bill up a ladder, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, no, no, she, she'd love it. Comic. She never gets to smile. I don't think even in, in the whole first series she gets to smile. Mm. But she there's always sad Simon May's lovely sad music just sort of bubbling underneath just mm. to, you know, underline the awfulness of her situation. And then in contrast to that, on the sunny deck of the Mickey Mouse, Lynn is uh, showing what she can do with... Flesh-wise. <laughs> She's definitely showing what she can do flesh-wise. There's a lot of Lynn flesh How old is she in this? I, I actually don't know. I mean, she looks very, very young. She looks very young and there's a lot of flesh on display and it's done in a really clumsy way. It's very self-conscious and yeah. she's always in tiny shorts, kind of like with one leg up on a, I don't know, <laughs> name a part of a ship. She's doing like bad part of a struggle. And you've got, that's it's, an earlier scene and yeah, you've got the two yeah. crewmen watching her while she's basically oh, it's got a foot on the desk and it's like, here's, here's my bits. Oh, How do not, I do this boat? The whole nice. thing is heinous. And uh, Phil Norton says to watch that spinnaker, love, like he doesn't think she can sail. And then I've just drawn the Wiley Coyote kind of like the eyes popping yeah, out of the sockets. Definitely eyes popping because out. that's what he's doing at that point. Well, a complete cartoon. And <sighs> it's just a bit uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah, the whole thing was weird. And we are at that point, aren't we, where they've, um, they've stopped the boat and they're having the picnic. Is no, that a bit around? Not, not, not yet, no. Yet. She's still sailing oh, she's still with sailing. his crew. Uh, because this is the, the way crew. he lures her in by saying, you can be on my crew. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Fine, okay. Which is yeah, all clearly yeah. bullshit. And then the next scene is Gerald and Ken having their meeting. Oh, such a boys' um, meeting. It's such a business. <laughs> Literally, they didn't need any dialogue here. They could have just gone business, business, business. Oh, business, 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 business. Next scene. <laughs> cut. Yeah. Uh, and just before they cut, Ken coos at Gerald. I think we need each other, Gerald. <laughs> yeah. Everyone needs Ken. Well, I mean, obviously, we all need a bit of Ken in our lives. And then uh, a quick scene again. There's a lot, lot of short scenes just saying, remember this? If you've this? not watched this episode yeah. and you're just listening to this podcast, yeah. you're probably like, what the hell is going on what doesn't, am I doesn't matter no well, that's the point you, you go with it, it starts and to why take aren't you over. watching it the box set's only 30 quid go with the program <laughs> anyway you should be watching this, this yeah the whole that's the idea, the that's the idea. You're right, you're right. Uh, Lynn is sailing in for a bit she's still on the on the boat with Phil and his crew at this stage yeah. kind of the dummy crew that then mysteriously disappear the next time they go sailing he doesn't need his wingmen anymore yeah. you don't need your wingmen when you've got forcing yourself on someone <laughs> oh, it's so, so bleak Jan and Kate they're their mother and daughter there's a short scene between the two of them yeah 
can I just say, by this point, I was quite bored. I hit a boredom peak <laughs> Did you? here. Okay. Yeah, I was really like, oh. We have to speed up the pace. No, 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 I don't, yeah, but that's just, that's just where I was at emotionally, Julia. Great things were still to come in the show, I know, I know, right? But at this stage, there was a definite dip. Kate mentions that she likes Jack, because she, even though he's an old drunk and she picked him up off the yeah. road, she says something to Jan about, oh, I met Jack, I know he's Tom's partner in the boatyard, now I realise who he is. Right. Um, I like him, I'm probably going to see him again. Oh, and yeah. it sounds like she's kind of romantically interested, but I don't think she is. I mean, I don't think anything happens there, but right. she clearly just has taken a shine to him. Yeah. And then Jan thanks her mum for being such a help in the home. Because no one else in uh, the Howard family would ever dream of cooking dinner. No. When Jan suddenly started working fiction, full time. It's fiction, not fantasy. Exactly. Her, literally, her mum had to come from Chichester <laughs> to cook everyone dinner every fucking night. It's just a posh EastEnders, isn't it? It's just <laughs> yeah. a posh EastEnders. I'm coming down. Where from? Chichester. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get Marcus to drive me down. <laughs> Then we see Abby telling the social services lady that she just wants to be useful. And then, surely, this is the point where you stop being bored, the social services lady breaks the end of her pencil. Yeah, that was, that was fascinating. How did that happen? And says, drat. Drat. I mean, live swearing on a Sunday night. Dear the BBC, as a mother, furious to hear the D word dropped. She, she drops the D bomb because she breaks a pencil. Yes, you're right. And then this really rather remarkable job interview ensues where she just says, when can you start? You don't want to get paid do you so weird um, and then she says I don't need much they don't discuss wages no it's so weird it's just very very odd yeah. anyway so she appears to have a job at the DSS I mean, but to be honest know. that is like the G plot yeah, and it's really dull. It's just they're just filling time. Let's get yes. Abby away from Tarrant. Right, she's living somewhere else now. Good, yeah. done. And then we return to Jan, hmm. who's round at her mum's house having lunch, oh, and, yeah, uh, and is admiring her dip. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely delicious. And then she eats it for a bit too long. They don't cut away. So it's like yeah. cut away. Someone says something. Nope. Hmm. And you'll think, gosh, that's awkward that she's had all that. Oh, she's having another one. She's going again. Okay, have some more. Oh, and there's like oh, raw oh, cauliflower. Oh. But it's so it's so clear. You know, in those days when you edited a show nowadays you can digitally look at it the whole time and see how long the show is yep. there and then you're probably like right what scene has got a few more minutes to offer <laughs> how about Jan eating yeah why not <laughs> More celery for Jan. It's such an odd throw. Again, but this is... So odd. This is, I find it both odd and refreshing because you nowadays you wouldn't get a drama where two people are talking about a dip for a bit too long. Now no. it's all like, okay, quick, someone else has been murdered. Uh, but <laughs> she compliments her mum's dip and then her mum says that she bought it down the road. Yeah. And that, that's yeah. like a piece 80p, of dialogue. 75p or something. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's how much it costs. Cool. <laughs> Fantastic. Moving on. Gerald and Ken are still having their business meeting of business. business. Basically um, every scene in this show, and this is what's name of the social services which is like why yeah. is this even here it's either boats business or sex yeah boats, boats, boats. Yeah, yeah, business, yeah. business business and later sex, on sex, it's sex. like fashion 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 boats, oh, yeah. business sex so you know they diversify it, yeah 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 Good, again you're gonna I'm, I'm just Can't saying that you're going to probably end up watching this Can't and um, I'm sorry about your marriage that's okay it's fine what's that got to do with this podcast <laughs> What? What I, just, that up? I just don't know how many marriages can withstand watching all of Howard's Way again. Mine's just about hung on in there, but only because my husband really loves me. <laughs> in this scene with Gerald and Ken, it's in Ken's office, and he's framed against, this is the first time I've really noticed it, the giant ship's wheel on the wall behind him, yeah. which is very masters, yeah. and like the ship's wheel. I, li I like the two things together in the same mm -hmm. shot. Mm -hmm. There's some really good direction uh, in this series where people are clearly just like, I know it's only Sunday tea time, but no, fuck it, I'm going to go for that shot, let's do it. <laughs> and then Ken picks up during this conversation with Gerald a very important piece of information so I don't know if you understood what the hell was going on here but probably not Tom Howard not. Yes. to invest in the boatyard had to sell his boat he oh. made this boat it's the, it's the only boat he's ever designed and made himself what was the boat called? The Flying Fish no 
Is this the end of the episode bit when Jan comes in and she's furious with Tom? Yeah. Well, we'll obviously, we'll get to that. Yeah. No spoilers. But that ending left me utterly baffled. I was like, <laughs> what? What? this show has just stopped. Like, not even at the end of a conversation, mid conversation. You saw it to the. I did the end. What? I was so confused. Again, maybe they spent so long on the dip, they just yeah. had to. Yeah, exactly. Jackie went, you sold your. Oh, one second. A bit of celery, sorry. You sold your boat. <laughs> so anyway, in this scene, Ken, who is, well, he's in love with Jan and the ultimate arch enemy of Tom Howard. Mm. He finds out that Tom Howard sold his boat to a mystery buyer. Right. The mystery buyer, it turns out, is Avril, who's Jack's daughter. She bought the boat? She bought Tom's boat because she had a bit of money put by. Uh. And she's probably got feelings for Tom, but she's not really admitted to them yet. And so she secretly bought the boat and pretended it was someone else. This inflames Jan because Jan has always had a suspicion that Avril has got right. a bit of an eye for Tom. Right. So, you know, this is like a love thing. It's keys in a bowl, this whole thing, isn't it? I'm afraid so, yes. It really is. <laughs> boat keys in a bowl. <laughs> so then Ken picks up his portrait phone flips up the aerial I love that moment bashes out no he must be bashing out his home number where Dawn still is despite having been told to fuck off yeah Dawn Dawn, has not gone anywhere Dawn Dawn is just sitting there going I've got nowhere to go and he immediately switches back on the charm says he's going to take her for dinner she forgave him very quickly Dawn you're still there love I love you alright then alright then let's go for dinner but this is is believable this character is pathetic she just doesn't have anything else to do or anywhere to go so she agrees to do him a favour and then we see Jan and Kate just discussing Jan's marriage which is she puts it going through a bad patch but you know I think it's a bit yeah. worse than that now it's yeah, been going through yeah. a bad patch since uh, well episode two mm. um, and then Leo's just on the phone at the petrol station for this whole episode um, <laughs> well, they have the set he rings Abby's dad nothing really gets established but he rings Abby's dad just to mm. check what's going on and then Lynn has arrived back at the marina on the Mickey Mouse and Phil cordially invites her to come out sailing again tomorrow yeah, and she you. thinks same deal great fantastic and yeah. she doesn't realise it's just her until she thinks it's the same deal again yeah. but actually he wants to have sex with her mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and a picnic first but more on that later <laughs> yes yes it's quite the picnic yes it's a picnic and sex he's mm. not just completely <laughs> you know, after one Come thing on. <laughs> and then Tom is at home designing a boat again so in this episode he gets to really design boats quite a lot mm. he's talked about designing them since episode one this is the first time I think I've really seen him at a drawing board yeah. well at least this is an opportunity for us to see some boats yeah I know Even right if you... it's a drawing of a boat at least we're seeing boats that's what exact, we're here for exactly that and the theme tune that's what we're here for fair enough Lynn talks to her dad about how she's just been to Allen Bay ever been to Allen Bay on the Isle of Wight no oh you should really go it's great is it nice there's coloured sand really and a terrifying um, chairlift that feels like you're going to die all the way down what don't, to get down there yeah don't go on that oh really yeah, oh, okay, yeah. I'm on yeah. for it good mm. then she asks what's for dinner and Tom says don't ask me ask her because obviously at no point would a man ever consider cooking no no no, no. that didn't happen until 1992 no, no it didn't did it? it first and it was happened. you wasn't it you cooked something yeah I was 12 years old yeah and I uh, I put some microchips in the microwave and the world changed from that second on yeah yeah and then Jamie Jamie Oliver came shortly afterwards Mm -hmm. (laughs) he came he did he was that thrilled (laughs) did you see that That's, that sounds wrong. Uh, anyway, then we cut to the scene. Of, this is so like gangster's mole, but then Dawn has clearly gone on her secret mission, whatever it was that Ken wanted to find out, and is sitting painting her nails. I mean, while she coquettishly tells him the details of her observations. Yeah. So she's now being used as some sort of honey trap or some sort of spy well, yes. by Ken. Is that what's happening? Yeah. So she's pretended to work for another firm and mm-hmm. s- somehow managed to find out the name of the buyer of the flying fish, which it turns out she has now confirmed is uh, Avril right. Rolf. Yes, and I missed so all of them. Ken now has this piece of information yep. and he's going to subtly just drop it like poison 
into, into a well. Jan's marriage. Yes, into right. the well of her marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's very excited. I missed this entire plot line. Oh, that's okay. I mean, I, you didn't know I what was, was watching it. My eyes were there. My body was there. <laughs> but my brain had checked out about 36 minutes in. To be honest, as soon as I found out that Jack had killed a Labrador, I was like, oh, I can't God, even that concentrate was awful. anymore. That's peak Sunday night drama. I especially for, that. for a middle class audience. That's the most upsetting thing you can possibly do. It's like the do. worst thing you can do. Worse than killing a child. Oh, yeah. Well, for, well, there's loads of kids. They also mentioned the Labrador was at Crofts. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he was a properly. Shit. He was a. Yeah, he was a proper stag. Even that, the, that even the dog. The dogs are posh yeah. on Hell's Way. Even the dogs are posh. Um, then, obviously, Jan comes home and they're talking about Jack. Mm. And uh, he talks about this ultralight displacement boat. And she says to him, this is again the most 80s line, the day I understand boats, you can buy me a new fur coat. But there's more of that to come when Polly is having uh, a drink with her husband. Yeah. Why don't you get yourself a little job? Oh, don't be silly. Why would I do that? Why don't you get me another drink? Ken has the information he's been looking for. Tom, he's always boring people about boats, mostly people who don't want to hear about boats. Mm-hmm. He talks to Jan about his ultralight displacement boat. This is a phrase that's used again and again. I think I might get it tattooed on me somewhere. An ultralight displacement boat. I can't boat. tell you how many times I've had to say that. ULDB. Yeah. And she makes a remark about fur coats. And then we see Tom and Avril uh, discussing sandwiches. I can't, I can't work out how what? Tom's what in that scene than this scene. Maybe Jan and somebody else. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Have we had the picnic on the boat yet? No. So this is All coming right. next. Okay. So Tom and Avril are at the office and he's asking her where she likes to go for lunch. And she's talk- and then she talks about sandwiches for quite a long time. I don't remember that. She, and she says sometimes she goes to the pub. Usually she just eats at her desk. Sometimes she walks down to the, I don't know, some bit of the coast that's pretty. Right. And eats, and eats on her own. So the Tom and Avril thing is bubbling up here via exactly. the medium of and, snacks. Mm, okay. And he suggests that maybe he goes with her one day. No, nothing in it. Nothing in it. Just for a sandwich. Yes, nothing course. in it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a wrap. Perfectly innocent. They did have wraps. No, because again, another nineties. Actually, maybe nineties invention. Yeah, yeah. I think they, they were they were a long time Still waiting for a wrap mm-hmm. uh, then. And then Leo, who's it's sort of not been said, but his eye acting suggests Leo has a bit of a puppyish infatuation with Avril. Yeah. And he has offered to paint her hallway. Oh yeah, he's going <laughs> to paint her hallway. My God, there's so much happening. In this episode, I've forgotten about that. Everyone's trying it's to paint insane. everyone else's hallway. Every conversation <laughs> is the beginning of a new plot. I know. And there are 90 conversations. So by the end, you're just like... It's exhausting. I, I, my brain has been pummeled. So he is a bit of sweet on Avril. There's a little scene demonstrating that in case we'd forgotten. And then uh, Lynn is out sailing with Phil, but it turns out the crew aren't there this time. Just him and her. She goes for it. She doesn't see anything wrong with that. But then it gets... This is when it gets really... Well, by, certainly by our standards today, weird. But surely by then, weird as well. Yeah. She's very young. It might yeah. have just a teenager and she's all she's in that bikini there's a lot of leg on display a lot of leg like it's like it's all butt right <laughs> and they're sitting on the side of the boat and they're having a picnic mm. and she then eats a plum which but is like really suggestively and slowly yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it all dribbles down her chin she's <laughs> looking out at the Isle of Wight and guess what he's eating right like Fred King Flintstone he's sitting there with a chicken leg he's <laughs> like Henry VIII yeah he's exactly <laughs> fucking gout boy over there just going to get his protein done before he has a go on it I thought, I thought he was going to toss it over the side he doesn't though because that's you know that would be irresponsible hmm. but so they're having a lovely time they're having one picnic on uh, on one side of the Solent and on the other Tom and Avril are having their picnic yeah. see it's all perfectly innocent they're just eating sandwiches and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know there's beer but you know they're not, oh, yeah, they're not getting yeah, rat yeah, yeah she brings a flagon of ale I do remember that now yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you know Lynn and Phil are having red wine because yeah. he's very sophisticated mm-hmm. he probably 
picked it up on a booze cruise to France, I imagine. <laughs> it's probably the new Beaujolais. Uh, and so these two picnics are happening in parallel. And then we cut away to Gerald and Polly, who are discussing their daughter, Abby. Mm. Uh, they're sitting in the yacht club. And I'm still trying to figure out, I'm a bit obsessed with the drinks in Howard's Way. So they're all pretty carefully gendered, you know, beer and scotch oh, yeah. and gin and other, other yeah. sort of fruit-based drinks for the ladies. But Polly has, there's like a glass with maybe a clear spirit and then an olive on a stick. Uh, but it's not a martini because it's not cold. It's not in the right tonic? glass. Yeah, but why is there an olive, olive in it? So olives really only go with... Martinis? Yeah. So what is it then? Just pure martini. She's just got gin. I think she's, <laughs> she's got on gin, the gin. I, I, Barbie, I drink that sometimes. That would make nice. sense. That would make yeah. sense for her character. It's a very silly black thing to do. But it's quite a nice detail that she takes the olive out of every drink she's given and puts it in another glass and then Gerald eats the olives for her. It's like that's oh, how their marriage works. Wow. Yeah, 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 it's a nice little detail. I think that was actually thought about quite carefully. If not by the director, then by the actors and well done them. Um, <laughs> You're giving the show way too much credit. I don't think so. No, no, no. Um, anyway, it's the surface of their marriage is sort of on display. People come in and say hello and they mm. say hello back. It's all about how they look to the outside world. Yeah. That's what their marriage is for. And uh, But Polly acknowledges she's very bored mm. and she's hoping that her friend is having extramarital sex with Ken. Oh, because nothing ever happens yeah. like it. Not a great advert for the show. Nothing happens here. <laughs> Don't tell me that. I've just watched 50 minutes of no, this no, crap. How can you say nothing happens? That's why I also, like Also, have you not it. spoken to the scriptwriters? <laughs> Everything is happening. Yeah, yeah. They, they really need to pay more attention to their surroundings. Yeah. So Lynn and Phil, uh, this is a very uncomfortable scene. So they're reclining on the deck of his boat. They're sort of, you know, somewhere out in the Solent. Mm. But for once, it's actually sunny. It doesn't normally look sunny on, on Howard's Way. Normally, it's very, very grey, but they have to wear shorts and bikinis. It's yes. actually a sunny day. It's a nice day. It's very nice. The picnic is nearly at an end. They're topping up their wine glasses. Perfect day for sexual harassment. Lynn is pretty much lying down now. Lynn is all but... She is rec- I mean, reclining. <laughs> why she's so shocked when he makes a pass at her when she's been literally li- I, like... Mm, her legs are on him and stuff. It's all yeah. kind of... She should have seen that coming and got I, away. I just, yeah, I just think, you know, you go in there knowing what this guy's like. He, right. he, he doesn't really hide it very well. And then surprise, surprise, Phil says to her rather revoltingly, now's when you show me what you can really do uh, and she goes ew and then he still doesn't take no for an answer and it's kind of really Lynn's already had to fend off advances from somebody else at the yacht club before and it's not it's never just like a, a rejected kiss or something they really do they're quite unpleasantly handsy yeah, with her yeah, yeah. oh yeah he grabs her head and like mm. sh- he shoves his head onto her head Blech. it really is a bit it's not very nice but then she does the best getaway ever she does it's the classic as perfected by the Simpsons in later <laughs> years the Simpsons always did that thing if someone was in trouble they go ah, and run and <laughs> jump out a window that's what she does she just jumps off the boat <laughs> suddenly it turns into a Timothy ad and she splashes into the, the sea and, and off she swims to a nearby boat yes yeah, so in my when I remember this scene from before I thought she just swam back to shore but no, she's amazing she's an amazing swimmer because that was if, I, if that was me running away I would jump in and go oh I can only do breaststroke <laughs> yeah. and I'm three miles from the Isle of Wight <laughs> guys I'm going to die now right but she jumps in does a perfect dive yeah like nine out of ten absolutely and then there's a nearby boat that she jumps onto yeah. why is that nearby boat doing that don't know had they not been watching like Possibly. have they not seen what's happening what's the name off of Buffy was getting handsy yeah get him but it's quite well planned because oh, you know she dives off the boat he mutters under his breath bitch mm. telling us everything we need to know about that character yeah. uh, and setting up a kind of real enmity between these two it doesn't end here it gets good that is something which I might be back in for I'd like to see I'd like to see his comeuppance well then carry on watching is oh, all okay. I'm going to say right. but the people on the other boat there's two women so it's safe mm. she's not like sort of swimming into the arms of some other attacker oh this is like a stag do on the exactly other boat oh no Shit. Actually, I'm going to go back so she is safely aboard and presumably will retrieve her things this is another time I, I do worry about this when people do like things like this on TV but like, it's really 
she could get her bag yeah, back yeah, with yeah. her stuff. Well, it's, you know, nowadays we'd be like, it's her phone in there. Yeah. So she get her phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also, it's the same when people, and it happens all the time in TV shows, Mindhunter at the moment I've been watching on Netflix. Oh, yeah. And uh, they always order food and no one eats it because they're all oh. old hat actors and they all know it's a nightmare to eat food. Don't on eat, yeah, Don't bother yeah. eating. And I'm like, no, that's bullshit. You've got to eat some of the food. I know. It's so distracting. I was once an extra in, so I've, ne- I've never acted in my life and I can't act. I seriously can't act. But I was an extra for a while and I was an extra in Foil's War. No and it was way. the best gig ever because it was a scene where we were all land girls having a big roast dinner. Amazing. <laughs> it was really cool. So you just scoff the whole time. The, prop, the props department, I thought it would be fake food. It was like a proper yeah. roast dinner. Big, most of a lamb oh, on what? the table. Did you have it on the first take? We just sat there and stuffed it and stuffed it. And they said, oh, don't eat too much. We were like, fuck this. It's delicious. We're really hungry. It was about 11 in the morning. Oh, no. And then they called lunch. And obviously we were full and it was lamb and potatoes. Oh, but the same, the very ridiculous. same. Ridiculous. But no, I, I recommend eating on camera. It was fantastic. Mm. Probably would have been sick if I had to another take though. Which um, would have been great on camera. <laughs> puke. Who's that puking land girl? So she's awesome. <laughs> Give her her own podcast. <laughs> About how it went. <laughs> then Jack and Tom have a kind of rapprochement where they sort of briefly discuss they should probably start working together because they've been uh, loggerheads yes. yeah. for ages. Yeah. And then there's a really strange scene between Ken and Jack where just before he tells her that he now knows who bought the flying fish mm. but he doesn't tell her he kind of drops it in like oh shouldn't I have mm. said yeah. bastard there's this really the soundtrack fascinates me so I think Simon May is a genius and he does all the music for not just the kind of the big themes but there's this moment where there's just these like horror strings like sort of, mm. and I can't work out why what did it they're supposed then? to signify like why why well, yeah, half of you can speaking it happens doesn't it yeah I mean I'm, you might as well have a, a voice just going plot line <laughs> new plot line or, or relevant plotline. Bad man, bad man. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. It Sometimes, was weird. I remember noticing that as well. Yeah, go, the music cues make you go, ooh. Mm. And then Leo arrives outside Avril's house and she catches him checking his hair and his wing mirror of his, of his moped. Classic. <laughs> and he's like, ooh, I've got something in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Is that glass or matte? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Everything about interior decoration is euphemistic. I know yeah. it is. And then, because it's the 80s, that Avril suggests that he paints one of the rooms a really nice pastel colour. <laughs> like the rest of the sodding set, everything is pastels. It's like, I, even my bedspread in the 80s when I was watching this was just lots of pastel colours. Do you remember all this stuff in the 80s then? When you watched it back, were you like, oh yeah, or did you just, was it all still in there? I definitely remembered it being a fixture, like a fixed point in the week, mm. something we'd always watch. Yes. And I wouldn't go as far as to say I sort of played it in the playground or anything, but I think I probably didn't have anybody else my age who liked it. I was about yeah. 10 when it started, so Howard's Way would probably be the first thing I watched with my mum and dad where mm. there was sometimes sexy time stuff going on and I'd have been like the most uncomfortable person yeah. in the room. We had this bit yesterday watching the Dorrells. Same yeah. thing. My son's, oh. Yeah, watching it my son who's suddenly going, Daddy, what are they? Um, I don't know, go get yourself a yoghurt. It's, it's a special cuddle. <laughs> oh, no, I know. Well, luckily they haven't got to that stage in Dorrells. But yes, watching Howard's Way, there are bits of it where you go, oh, how would I explain this to a seven-year-old? I know. In a really early episode, there's a scene with Ken in bed, obviously, in his sort of black and red designer sheets. Komodo as and well. Dawn so. is li- yeah, and Dawn is lying on her front completely naked and he sort of what? smacks her bottom you see her bottom and it's like quarter to eight you see her bottom yeah. you see her naked bottom yeah which episode is it <laughs> that's ridiculous I thought How it was ridiculous all I can think when any when any when I talk about any of these plots mm. I just think what would my grand have made of this I know because she was a fan right poor Nesta Price well, she couldn't have coped with seeing a naked lady's well, bottom on you, a Sunday evening you don't know the internal life of Nesta Price maybe she'd had a really oh, interesting no, I mean what? I'm just saying what? just saying anyway let's not talk about her anymore because I don't want to <laughs> sully, sully your memories of her anyway so Leo is going to paint Avril's hallway he's been threatening to for weeks now but yeah. he, he really is going to do it uh, but Jack weirdly is watching through the window while they're talking 
looking and looking at paint charts. Oh, yeah. Not really clear why he's watching through the window. He's a weird one, isn't he? Yeah, and then he's kind of collared by the policeman. And there's a really horrible kind of like, oh, my God moment where not only does the cop tell him somebody killed a dog. Obviously, the, the policeman's trying to insinuate, I yeah. think it was you. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the, but he the, also mentions his little, his sister's little boy. Yeah, which is just thrown out there. But it's quite interesting because it is a kind of, it's a good jibe at the idea of the entitled classes who, you know, wander around in their little bubble mm-hmm. having these having these melodramas. Yeah. And you get the old one like that when you're like, so nowadays, what's happened there, that is what the whole box set is built on. That is the storyline that we get. Yeah. It's interesting. Exactly. It's very much like an Inspector Calls. Yes. It's like, oh, really? Yes. Because, you know, you, 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 did you kill my sister's child too? That's so true. Yeah, yeah. It kind of sent a little chill. It turns out the policeman was a ghost. Um, Jack is Mr. Burling, isn't he? <laughs> he, he is. is. He is. Brilliant. Oh, I've just spoiled the ending of Inspector Calls if you didn't get it. <laughs> Sorry. And then we finally cut to Tom back at home drinking scotch from a wine glass, as is his way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets very snappy with Leo because the boat design just isn't bloody working today. Oh, yeah. We're at the scene point now, aren't we? We're nearly We're there. The this is the it's end scene. bedtime. And then Jan slams the door. You can hear her slamming the door as she arrives. Yeah. And she storms in and... I just don't understand why she... Now I understand. Now you've explained it to me in okay. this insane detail. Mm-hmm. Now you've gone through your notes, 48 pages. What do you mean your... insane? <laughs> <laughs> now you've explained it to me. I'm like, oh, I see. So it's yeah. because he'd sold the boat to Avril. Yeah. Right, now I get why the, the timing of her... I know who you sold the boat to. What? Because he doesn't do, know. Do, do, do. But the whole know. way, the whole the whole thing is built was so weird. It jarred so much. Well, only if you didn't know what was going on. So I will explain. I love the way every time I criticise the show, <laughs> at any point in the last hour, whenever I've said, to be honest, Julie, I'm not sure that was a good... Well, actually, Tom, no. Um, to be fair to Hammersway, you know, there's no one here from Hammersway who can defend themselves, so I'll have to do that. That's what I'm here for. I love it. Yeah, she says, why did you lie to me? And she's very angry. doesn't mince her words at all. Yeah. And why didn't you tell me Avril Rolf was the one who bought the flying fish? And then he does the most incredible ear acting I've, I've never seen this like really done before in a drama where Tom is kind of looking at her and then she says why didn't you tell me and on the words Avril Rolf bought the flying fish his ears kind of drop like a full half a centimetre on his head like the rest of it stays still and his ears drop I can do that oh my god you can that's terrifying that's why I'm an actor and you're but, not yeah I mean, well no exactly I mean skills. you've I can, done acting I can, ear I can classes <laughs> scalp as well so. I wish you could see this I might have to put like a vine of this up on the, another, uh, on, another on the Twitter another Tom who can move his ear <laughs> That's why I'm born to play this part. This is actually my audition, isn't it? Oh, my God. I, could th- I think this is where this campaign starts, right? Okay, fine, good. With the podcast is going to bring the show back to people's attention. Then broadcast is going to get excited then again. Then it happens. Okay. It's going to be brought I'd back. to be Tom. Okay, cool. Well, your cast. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Got one. <laughs> anyway, so, yes, the, the episode ends on some incredible ear acting. Yeah. That's, that's the end of and that. And then, well, it doesn't quite end, does it? Because then you have the credits, which roll uh, for six minutes. <laughs> Did you time them? The credits go on. Well, it, was still... it takes a lot of people to make a show this good, Tom. <laughs> like, once again, she's defending my, my slight criticism. <laughs> well, to be fair, Tom. And there's no credits back in the 80s no way you have to see every name and everyone gets screen time like now they just whiz past you can't Mm. I used to watch credits I used to write credit names down because I was weird Um, so sad I just didn't have any friends and I had my notebook full of people in the credits that's what I did but yeah. now look at the beauty you're making out of all that Thank information you very and that, much. That, for those facts. Yes, yeah, I knew the, it was all leading somewhere. The credits are amazing. They go on forever and ever and ever. It's extraordinary. Now, as you know... Now we should talk about the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but as, as you are aware, yeah. um, guests to this podcast are invited, only invited, it's not obligatory. It's a three-line whip. <laughs> they're invited yeah. to write and sing their own lyrics to the theme tune yeah. to close the show. Sure. Would you be willing to do this? I spent more time... <laughs> 
trying to do this than I did watching the show. <laughs> yes. Clear. And my kids in the bath got involved with trying to think did of things they? that rhymed with Ken and bad. Oh. But we gave up on that in the end and we have something else. Okay, it's wicked. pretty special. All right, well, I'm going to ask you now to prepare yourself. Okay. I'm going to take my clothes off. <laughs> it's a similar sense of terror. Tom is now undressing. I, did, I didn't ask him to, but... I'll keep the badge on. Hang on. Just ah! put that in there. Oh my God, my eyes. If you enjoyed the podcast, I really hope you did. Please come and find us at Always There Pod on Twitter. Um, but for now, Tom Price, thank you for being always there. Oh, that was very good. Thank you, Julia. Thank you so much. <laughs> Jan's the best. Her hair is like a nest. It sits up on her head. Looks like a badger's bed. Do 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 do. Jack's the worst. He's got a raging thirst. Broker, broker, big law. Kill someone's Labrador. <laughs> I didn't see the Labrador coming, and neither did Jack. <laughs> Jack saw nothing. Jack saw several Labradors. He was so drunk. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.